In this episode of Turn On The Podcast, I'm talking with Laura Humphreys, everything. Dharma and stepping into your own greatness. Stay tuned. Turn On The Podcast. Turn on your relationships, your parenting, your love, your sex. Turn on your career. to it we want to let you know about our online course understanding what love wants yeah because the feedback we're receiving is that it's changing couples lives why well because understanding your myth together brings back what you're yearning for in your relationship to find out more go to turnonthepodcast.com and open the relationship course it's sure to change everything And remember, you can also work with either of us as a couple or individually also. To work with Brad, go to bradfinell.com and book your time online. And to work with Tabitha, go to studiochi.com.au, S-T-U-D-I-O-Q-I, and go to the contact form. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to episode 159 of Turn On The Podcast. I'm Brad Fennell. And we have something completely different. Uh, we have a very special guest, the very special Laura Humphreys, yogi extraordinaire, uh, joining Thanks. us to talk. Thanks for having me. It's so good it's to have you to here. here. Yay. <laughs> and we're going to be talking Dharma, stepping into your own greatness, your purpose. So big, 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 big. Topic. We could have started with a smaller topic, but no. <laughs> Destroyed straight into life. Straight in. That's right. What the hell are we all here to do? Well, I think that's uh, ultimately part of it, isn't it? Is that's like one of the biggest questions that we most people are asking themselves: What mm-hmm. is you know? What am I here? To, mm-hmm. What am I here to do? What is my purpose? Mm-hmm. How can I, you know, step into my own greatness? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Dharma is really about. Ultimately, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, from a more um, yogic philosophy or a Buddhist philosophy, um, it comes into this idea that we're all kind of gifted with a, a purpose, a, a duty that we're here to um, fulfill in this lifetime. And there will be hurdles in the way, and we either have the constant choice to either move into our dharmic path, our path of purpose, our kind of soul pursuit Mm -hmm. or there'll be a time when we then maybe don't choose that and we start to step into fear or into Mm -hmm. unhelpful habits and patterns Mm -hmm. and that kind of prohibits our growth into the path of Mm -hmm. our our kind of dharmic duty. What happens when we start to step into, (laughs) do you know what I mean, when we're not on our path? Well, I think as well when we're we're not on path, it's, it's ultimately an opportunity for us to um, become conscious that mm-hmm. we're not on that path. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we sit in a place that maybe um, we're not conscious of what our purpose is and we feel like we're constantly searching. Mm. And some people don't really find that, mm. that 
that meaning of their, I suppose, their kind of soul existence mm. um, until later on in life. Mm. I feel like I was pretty, pretty lucky to, to find something that I feel is ultimately my dharmic path pretty mm. early on. Amazing. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, you know, they're, they're, they're sitting in that place where they, they wake up and they're maybe not happy in the job they're doing. Mm. They're not happy in the relationships they're in. Mm. They don't have very many friendship, good friendship circles around mm. them. They might have toxic patterns or, mm. or be, behaviors that they're mm. engaging in. Mm. And ultimately, those things are going to be more karma mm. than dharma. Mm. So karma is ultimately the stuff that we come into life with and that prohibits the growth. And we step into more mind stuff where the mind becomes mm, more influential than the, the heart and soul mm -hmm. of our, our experiences. How do we know when it's karma and dharma? <laughs> <laughs> we meditate. <laughs> we meditate and we notice. Yeah. Something came for me then when you, it seems like when there's dharma, there is some kind of heart sense. It is. It, it's, it. it's following that, that sense of feeling within. It's almost like a deeper knowing or an intuitive mm. feeling um, and that doesn't mean that the dharmic path is easy and that there's mm. least resistance in fact mm. if you're constantly pushing that barrier of your own greatness mm. then there is going to be heaps of stuff that you have to work through and grow through mm. and then when you reach that then you step into the next stage and if it's not making you feel fearful if it's not making you feel you know it's a bit scary then mm -hmm. the chances are you're probably living within your perimeter of comfort mm. and you're not really pushing the boundary mm. of what you're here to do because ultimately dharma is it really is about that it's that living greatness mm. it's about doing extraordinary things and really you know that and what our perception is of extraordinary is is each to their their own their own perspective mm. um raising children is an is an incredible dharmic path for some mm. people you know um i you think don't have to be a monk no and you don't it's no definitely not dharma is everyone everyone has a soul pursuit mm. in this lifetime mm. um so uh you don't have to go and just, just sit and be and ultimately from um my i suppose my my um, philosophy mm -hmm. or the path that I've been on um, from my teachers and my understanding is I, the tantric path ultimately is about self-excellence. Mm. It's about reaching, you know, we take meditation, time to meditate, turn within, go inside, really understand everything about your own mind, the, mm. all the, the hurdles and the ways in which your mind will um, want to try to defeat you, mm. all the ways in which it will try to stop you. And once you really understand the own, you know, the, 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 the battlefield of your own mind, mm. then you'll be able to start to really um, find a, a battle plan of how to, how to take over each hurdle to get you further, in, further along in that pursuit to your, own, to your own pathway of whatever that is. And I think a lot of people think that that comes back to vocation as well. Mm. And it's not necessarily the job that you do, mm. which is why I said like motherhood or something like that. Mm. But some people, uh, they think they've, you know, they've had a career and then they, um, then they have children and they feel like they've lost purpose. I mm. speak to many people like that. Mm. Or whatever they were doing before kids, whether it's a career or anything else, mm. they sometimes feel that they've come into parenthood. I shouldn't just, you know, motherhood mm. as well, both, parent, uh, both yeah. fatherhood and motherhood. Um, and then they feel that they've lost some sort of purpose for themselves because they're not able to continue to do some of the things that they were doing previously, or maybe they had to withhold on their career a little bit mm. to raise a family. Mm. And so they think they've lost this, this dharmic path because it's not associated with 
career mm. because I think from a societal perspective, success and purpose is mm. really geared towards um, uh, our vocation, what yes. we do for a job, what we're seeing from the outside world of that yeah. perspective of status. Yes, I love that you say that <laughs> because I, th- I think sometimes... You know, we're looking for permission from outside yeah. to say you're doing a good job, you're doing, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And career, and there's nothing wrong with that, like maybe career is your dharma. Absolutely. But yeah. it may not be. Yeah. And it, it takes on different, uh, different masks, mm. you know, or different um, costumes. Mm. So it will change depending on where you are in life. So we actually go through different dharmic cycles as well, where mm. we'll go through periods of more... Um, of more healing, then we'll go through periods of more growth, then we'll mm. go through periods where we're kind of closing closing off on situations, scenarios, and karmic timelines, mm. and then we'll go into new new cycles mm. um, where there is a is a birth, where there is you know not like a, a birth within you, a birth mm. of create creativity, a birth mm. of an idea, a birth of something else that's happening mm. in your in your life, and we go through these different cycles just like nature does Mm. Um, and we feel that don't we like sometimes you've got this issue that you're dealing with and then you reach a point in your life where it's just it's nothing it's it's dissolved it's dissolved yeah and you've gone through the healing process and then you've also got the knowledge from that healing process to aid you with other things that come up along your path so each Mm. cycle we go through we've got more tools more um, knowledge more support systems in Mm. place that the next karmic cycle that comes through, we can kind of override it um, and get through it either quicker or with more emotional integrity or mm. whatever it is mm. of how you dealt with it last time mm. will be a, a different stage above, hopefully, mm. if we keep learning from our experiences. Got it. Awareness. Yeah. yeah. But coming back to the uh. idea of when you said about um, it is that that aspect of connecting to that heart space, mm. um, and whereas mentioning we go inwards and we start to recognize the pitfalls of our own mind, I think once we know that, then we can decipher between the difference between what is the head talking and what is the heart talking. But if we don't know ourselves very well, then we're always going to be questioning, is this heart? Is this head? Is this soul? Is this mind? Is I this s- my path? Is this not my path? I sometimes say to people... Uh, if that voice in your head is putting you down, it's not you. Yeah. It's an internalized figure. Yeah. And being aware of that. And sometimes we don't realize that. We think, you know, no, I know I'm not good at that. I've been telling myself that all my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know, a story. Just a story. Yeah. And so it's bringing awareness to that. Yeah. We have them um, in one of the, the, the yogic philosophy, we call them the 14 ghosts. Oh. So I love that. <laughs> they're the 14, 14 ghosts. ghosts. So there's different ones. There's like the one for procrastination. Mm. There's the one that um, one that where you know your dharma, but you don't actually step into it. Mm. Like you might know what your dharma is, but you, for whatever reason, you don't take that journey. You don't take that path and you wow. keep self-sabotaging. There might be... Um, That's big. I just want to say that sometimes huge. to know, like for some of us out there, yeah. we may actually know no. our dharma, yeah. but it's like... I might not be liked if I do that or whatever it is. Something scares you to go to actually step into it. 
sometimes people are like, I haven't got a clue what it yeah. is. That's just the, uh, yeah. yeah, and that's another one of the ghosts. It's one of the, is that you actually don't know, so you're ultimately living without knowledge of your purpose. Uh-huh. The other one is, I know what my purpose is, but I'm not willing to step into it. So that's another yeah. one of the ghosts. And then there's, yeah, there's 14 of them. That I go. love that. <laughs> Haunting us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So they're the, go- the ghosts of the mind. And they haunt us, and yeah, they, that's exactly what they do. And they inhibit us from really um, owning that greatness of who we are at our most fullest capacity and fullest potential. Mm. And so if we don't know, or if we do know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, let's get practical, <laughs> let's get hard. It sounds like a lot of it, well, firstly, it's aware, if you don't know, it's an awareness practice. Yeah. Is it... There, well, there, yeah, there's an awareness practice there, but I think it comes back to um, it's it's not really something that you can just be like, oh, I know what my dharma is. <laughs> I'm just going to wake up. Damn! Yeah, I think a lot of it is looking in your life at the areas that bring you joy, mm. the areas that are, you naturally are, um, have an affinity towards, mm. um, and looking in those areas. Usually mm. that's where something will unravel for you mm. um things that, that naturally you pick up really quickly maybe mm. as well so you might already have that ingrained ability it might be that you're really good at communicating it mm. might be that you're really good musically mm. it could be all these kind of things but mm. looking into the areas that bring you ultimately joy yeah and yeah. i like what you said there's a few things to that i like when you said also notice what you're good at yeah. Too often we're told, notice what you're bad at and work at it <laughs> and get better. Well, good for you. Yeah. But equally, yeah. it's like notice what you just have this natural affinity to. Yeah. It's, it may be connected to your dharma. It probably, probably is. is. Yeah. You know, it's like coming through you. It's channeling yeah. through you this experience that you find that easy. Yeah. And realize that not everyone finds that easy. Sometimes when you're, like I always say, superpowers, you don't really realize. Yeah. Because you think, well, it's easy. It's yeah, and no, you, it's not. You've, and maybe you've done that your whole life. Maybe you've had that um, kind of talent, or yeah. it doesn't have to be also a physical talent. It might be something more subtle as mm. well. Mm. Um, you might be great at allowing people to open up to you, and that mm. might be your superpower. Yes. You know? So, and then going into that, okay, well, what areas in life can I utilize this skill more? So it might be a physical talent where you, as I said, you might be musically talented, athletically talented, um, artistically talented, um, but um, you might be great with computers or, yeah. or anything. Um, but then there might be that uh, those other components where you're a really good listener, where you're able to make people feel really safe and open mm. up to you without mm. hesitation. Mm. Um, and then and there might be ways in which you're... Um, uh, a great communicator. Mm. You might be really good at writing, or mm. you know, like the creative language. Mm. Um, maybe you pick up languages really easily. It yeah. could be multiple things that you, but it, yeah, that you might be good at or that resonate with you. Um, and it is that it's that higher resonance. What resonates with you at that higher, higher, higher level. Mm. Sometimes with the work we do is we go back and we look at uh, earliest childhood memories or dreams before yeah. the conditioning had kind of been put there and we also know that as children sometimes yeah our natural way i know for me i was the wild kid not not getting in trouble but running through like there's this wild running through the bush and adventure and that stuck with me and i know that uh sticks with me and i also ask myself how do i bring that 
you know, not just to running through the bush, yeah. but how do I need that in all areas of my life? Sometimes I see people and go, I love surfing because I'm free when yeah. I surf. And I'm like, good for you. Surf, but get access to that place and bring your surfing nature back to your world. Don't just leave it in the water. And that's, that is ultimately what the path of Tantra is. When I say it's the path of self-excellence earlier, yeah. it's ultimately we, we, take a, we take time to go inside, we connect to source or mm. whatever that is for you, that, that mm. deeper place of intuitive knowing. Mm. And then rather than just hanging out there in that kind of ethical realm mm. and being you know, too disconnected, mm. um, and well, disconnected from this realm, this yeah. reality, um, that you then come back down that you then start to actually um, use what you, the information and the resources that you've acquired from going into those deeper states and those uh, learning more about your your intuitive nature, mm. and then using that information to apply to be able to almost like tools. So mm. you you gather the tools and then you use the tools. There's no point just you know hanging out in a tool shed and not doing anything. So. I love that. <laughs> and I love that feeling of like grounding it, not just kind of putting it in the ether, yeah. but actually bringing Bring it because it we are living, you know, it's good to connect out there and yeah. experience when that. When you're about 80 years old, yes. sure, go hang out there for a yes. long time. Yes, go sit in the cave, you know, or maybe younger if that's your calling. But, yeah. Yeah. but that's your calling. But it's like, it's this physical experience. And that's something with yoga, I'm guessing, yeah. is that you're noticing the physical experience that you're having, which generates a state. You're having a relationship to yeah. your body. Sometimes not a good relationship. Not always. Not always. <laughs> it's a lot of like the, we, the, the karma gets processed in that way. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people, there's a very big difference. And I think this is one of the, the unfortunate things about the modern uh, understanding of yoga is mm. that the physical poses that we do mm are yoga um, then that's not the case they're actually what we call asanas mm. so the asana are, are, are the physical postural aspects mm. that give us uh, an opportunity to disperse energy through the body mm. um, but ultimately the real practices come from sitting from meditation mm. and that's where we'll find that access point to kind of um, to our soul remembrance yeah. and when we get into that soul remembrance that's really where that path of yoga exists in that opportunity to unite kind of prana and also breath or life life source with mind yeah. um, or body and spirit mm. or um, mind and soul mm. or just bringing those two aspects. And when we look at a lot of the 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 text throughout of all of time mm. whether it's you know the the yogic text whether it's the bible whether it's other mm. religious texts mm. or, or non-religious texts mm. throughout time there is always the story of the the highest self mm. this kind of um this this godlike aspect within us mm. or externally mm. connecting with our real human self mm. and it's this bringing together of those two components um, and that's that union, and that's really mm. what the word yoga means. It means to yoke or to mm. bind and bring together. So this unification um, of, of these two aspects of divinity and of non-divinity coming together, or the not so much non-divine, but the that yeah. higher aspect of divine and that human quality coming coming together and recognizing and remembering that that soul alliance that we have. Yeah, we in, in traditional Chinese medicine, there's kind of a relationship between heaven and earth, and man sits 
in between. between. You, you no, know, it's like yeah. all the, it's all the same. It's the same, so it's same, the same thing. Yeah. Anyone who has spent time in an ancient tradition going deep yeah. discovers the same truth. It's all the same. Isn't yeah. it amazing? And we, we ultimately have it. We, otherwise, we wouldn't be often seeking something. We often are on a path of seeking something externally. Mm. That seeking is just the seeking of that soul remembrance, whether it's you seek it and you're trying to do it through a job or whether you're seeking it in a relationship or whether you're seeking it through a hobby or an escapism path, whatever it is, everyone has had that experience at some point of trying to find themselves. Yes. Yes. And as we're finding ourselves, what we're often most people are doing is finding the outward path and forgetting that the path is ultimately moving inwards and understanding our own nature more and more. And the more we understand about ourselves, the more we'll realize what we're good at, what we're not good mm. at, where our unhelpful patterns lie or where our helpful patterns lie mm. and how we can keep making that alliance with ourselves over and over and then noticing where we we tend to run away to or tending to other aspects of ourselves that aren't in alignment with that, that dharmic path. Mm, I love that. And when you were saying that, it reminds me of sometimes when we're working with a couple or mm. one of the things I ask is what did you first fall in love with yeah because you're falling in love with a part of yourself that's a little less known yeah. it's like I love that about them yeah. means you can only love that if, if that you can has, see it yeah that's right and yeah. so straight away you know the the kind of the relationship myth yeah. and if you do not pick that up yeah. if you go you used to be like this and you're not like that anymore if you don't pick that up and for yourself, yeah. it actually creates chaos in the relationship. Yeah, so okay. picking that up. And so noticing it within yourself and then yes. having to foster a relationship with that. And build it. I love that about you. You're really funny. And I'm really serious. And, 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 you know what I mean? And, and it's like I need to learn how to connect back into my... My humour. Yeah. My sense of joy. Yeah. Or whatever it is. That's whatever right, yeah, it is. That's, Isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful. It reminded yeah. me of that. The, the, yeah. uh, the ancient traditions are telling this story again and again. Yeah. How to... Um, how to live our dharma and how to yeah how to connect back into that that place of, of source within you yeah it's so beautiful <laughs> it's so beautiful it, it's you know if i'm honest about yoga yeah. i like part of why i do it is to keep fit to yeah. keep strong to to kind of work against the tightening of my body with age and rock climbing which is what which about is, 90% of people uh, really come to yoga for i know and yeah. that's great yeah but i do love because i come from a place that's state based and yeah. for me, I love the state, the experience when you're in a state. And there's no other activity that actually, like, like yoga, that teaches awareness to yeah. really notice your body. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, uh, there is such a method to it as well. I think this is the, the myth again, is that this state that we speak of is only for monks or is only for people who go and hide away in caves for years on end or is only for Buddha or is only yeah. for whoever, um, Krishna or whatever mm. that's, yeah. like Jesus or yeah. whoever it is. It's only related to these people with this um, kind of super, mm. um, I don't know what the word is, but like some sort of other divine source that we yeah. don't have yeah. and that we're not capable of reaching that. Um, but that's the myth. That That, that is what everything tells us it gives us a methodology it gives us a system yes. it gives us all of the information that we need to actually reach this state 
and knowing that that state is completely achievable for every mm. single person. Mm. We all made the same. Mm. We all have the same software. Yes. And all we have to do is learn how to use that, mm. have the techniques and the methods and the, the, the knowledge. Maybe you need to seek that externally to mm -hmm. get that. Mm -hmm. And then once you have that teacher in place or um, the people teaching you the techniques, mm. then you'll be able to start to put in, you have to put in the effort though. Mm. That's the other thing. People don't like to do the hard work. No. And if they're not doing the hard work and, you know, it doesn't come easy, mm. it's, it's, you know, oh, you know, it's not working. Yeah. But I think that's, it was like everything. We want a quick fix. We, we yeah. live in a world of instant gratification. Yeah. So we think that, you know, if we don't reach that state of, of um, yeah. I've done yoga for a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura, why don't I feel like you know <laughs> what's going on here exactly so I think that's the thing there is you know um, when we talk about the path of dharma it's not going to come just freely to you you have to put effort into your own path mm. I think there's a lot of stuff that we think oh I can just I can manifest and it's just going to fall in my lap mm. you have to put effort in mm. you know it's not a passive just waiting for something to to mm. land in front of you you have to put effort and you do have to um, chase whatever dreams, whatever yeah. goals, whatever life mission you have here. Mm. You know, if you want to go and change um, the world, mm. you can't just do it from sitting mm. on your meditation cushion or mm. in a cave. Mm. You have or watching to, Netflix. Or watching Netflix, yeah. yeah. You have to go and actually take part in interacting with the world around you. And That's the human, the tangible experience yeah. that you have to bring inspiration. Yeah. We call Shen spirit Shen, yeah. that sits in the heart. And when you use Shen, it, it's, there's so much abundance to Shen. Yeah. But yeah. you actually have to breathe that in. You have to do something with yeah. it. And also you have to believe that you are worthy of receiving that. Because that's, I think, a big part as well. People are like, oh, I want this. I, I really want this. Yeah. And I, but they don't have that mm. self-belief that they truly deserve it. Yeah. So they will keep creating self-sabotaging patterns yeah. to fulfill their own prophecy within yeah. of their own story. Yeah. That's big work. And you said something huge when it was when we project onto Buddha, Jesus, Mahama, whoever it is yeah. for you, Lao Tzu. Yeah. And you project that, oh, that's them. And I just have to be ordinary. Yes. And I can't live that. But actually... These are teachings that uh, that they're really modelling. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. They're just teachers, and all a teacher does is pass down the information so that the student can then evolve. If we look at our classic education system, yeah, and we <laughs> we the aim is you know you go to school, yeah. you learn something, yeah. you grow, and then eventually at some point you get qualified enough that you can do that job. That's how we have doctors. That's how we have lawyers. That's how we have vet yes. vets. But for some reason, when it comes back to this spiritual work or yeah. like finding your own greatness, you're like, I will never be able to do that because I am not as good as that person there. I don't have the same upbringing. I don't have the same um, education as them. I don't have enough money to, to whatever mm. your dream or your goal is to fulfill, mm. whatever your purpose is. It doesn't mean that you're going to go and be the next Buddha. Yeah. It just means whatever your, that was their dharma. Their yes. dharma was to be the role model's of this world yes. so that was their purpose yeah. we will have different purposes yes and it all we need to know though is that we can still find that aspect of, of that divine part of our soul within us if we can follow that that path of of connectivity into the heart yeah. and then start to really pursue um stepping out of comfort 
stepping into fear mm -hmm. and overcoming fear um, with that sense of, of it's almost like a compassionate fearlessness that, that um, arises where you really step step into something mm -hmm. and it will only be it will only be uncomfortable for a certain period of time mm -hmm. then you will move past that mm -hmm. and then something else will be uncomfortable mm -hmm. and then you'll keep pushing it mm -hmm. and that's ultimately I think people think that the path of least resistance mm -hmm. is my Dharma mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily that's not necessarily the case because mm. there's always going to be some form of challenge when you're expanding yeah. your capacity. Yeah. If you just came here and arrived and said, I'm done, yeah. what would be the point? It's like, here I am, done, done. just walking around, done. It's like, doesn't work. It's very boring. It's very boring. So we come up against these obstacles and yeah. karma and our dharma and we're coming here to explore and unfold yeah. and... And and then when and that's the thing as well, um, finding the difference between karma and dharma, mm. and the different types of karma that we have, because mm. I think karma is often associated with negativity. Yes, and we only think that we must, you know, like oh, that's you know, that's yeah. that's karma coming back yeah. to bite you in the ass. They'll get their karma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but karma is is uh, the word karma means um, uh, there is some form of action in there. Um, and so we have the um, karma chakra, which is uh, like a, a karmic uh, chakra means circle. Most mm. people know chakras from their energetic mm -hmm. chakras, mm. but they are just, it just means wheel. Mm. So it's the turning wheel. So the karma chakra is the turning wheel of action because that's what karma means. Karma mm. just means action. Mm. It has no good or bad associated to it. Okay. It is simply... <laughs> I love this. <laughs> it is simply just an action yeah. that then is... Um, uh, that ripples back into our life. So whatever action you put out, you're going to have an equal repercussion of that frequency. So when someone says to me, you'll get your karma, I'll say, thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But we, and so we can have negative karmic patterns yes. that will then bring around more negative karma. And yes. we end up, what happens is, it's like we have this, this wheel, this, yes. this chakra wheel, of, of action, of mm. karma, and it spins against us. Mm. So it's kind of spinning in the reverse when we're mm. not making very good choices, when we're not necessarily um, living our dharmic path, mm. and we're really falling into things that are self-sabotaging, destructive ways, um, old stories and old mm. narratives, and they keep spinning the chakra wheel in the, the, the wrong direction against mm. us, as it were. But what we can do is through conscious awareness, through that ability to go to be the witness of our own experience, mm. we can say, oh, hang on a moment. I need to make a little bit of a change here. And over time, what we can do is we can override the karma chakra, the mm. karmic wheel, yeah. and we can start to spin it in more of a positive direction. Mm. So we start now to create habitual patterns mm. In the mind, so we have we have karma, which is the action. Mm -hmm. Then we have some skaras, which are kind of like the mental tendencies of the mind. Mm -hmm. And through those mental tendencies, we keep making desired patterns and outcomes. So um, when this happens, we can actually start to spin it in the opposing direction when we become conscious. Oh, I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to do that today. And we still have karma uh -huh. because we're now moving. The it will still be a habitual pattern that we're creating like sitting down on your meditation cushion. It becomes a karmic cycle of sitting down, sitting down, sitting down. Um, but it's in a positive spin now. So you have positive spinning karma and negative spinning karma. Mm. And So I'm going to watch TV all day. Yeah. You suddenly go, actually, I'm still going to sit, but I'm going to sit on a cushion yeah. and I'm going to watch me. Yeah. 
starts to spin it back the in other the way. opposite direction huh. yeah so then you actually are creating a positive karmic um, imprint or chakra cycle and then eventually you get to a point where you can override the the karmic pattern altogether and you're really just living in a way that there is no there is no karmic repercussion for any action that you take wow that's pretty you know i like that <laughs> but that's when you're living dharma when you're really living your dharmic path you're not creating any karmic ripple mm. because there's nothing to come back to teach you mm. or to teach you um, to that you need to override yeah because you're constantly living in soul alignment. Yeah. You're living, like, the way I like to put it, is you're living your own nature. Yeah, exactly. Meaning that's why we follow nature so often. Yeah. Because it guides us. Yeah. It's wisdom. But when you're really living your true path, what's calling you, which is not always easy. Not Like not we were all, saying. Not always at all. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. And there'll be definitely be challenges there. Um, you know, depending on what you what your 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 duty on this lifetime is, mm. I often I like an analogy. If people are struggling with the idea of what their what dharma actually is, mm. I love this analogy mm-hmm. where it's um, we all like we all have our own instrument to play. So every single person in this uh, th- that gets born into into life has an an, an instrument. And we all have a unique capacity to play this one instrument. So when, and what happens is, is as I play, then you play yours. And we can either, like a whole orchestra, we can make a beautiful, like, harmony, symphony. um, Or if we're not playing our instrument accurately or effectively, or we don't even know what our instrument is, then we are going to be making this kind of cacophony. So we don't have a very nice sound Mm. to the orchestra. So it's all out of frequency. So ultimately, if we can all understand what our instrument is and learn how to play it, not just to play it okay, but to play it so well that we then create this beautiful kind of orchestra across the, across the planet, then Amazing. we're all living in this dharmic purpose. Mm. And then my violin inspires somebody else's trombone. Yeah, and, exactly. And we make this incredible orchestra. We make a music. Yeah, we make music. Yeah, because so we all have, and yeah, it's like your own song. Yes. So you all have your own song to sing, yes. and when we all sing them together, yes. it's like when you hear all the birds singing outside. You know, they don't necessarily all have to um, sound perfectly in tune with mm. one another, but it's all beautiful. Yeah. It's all all. Um, it has a, a beautiful mm. harmonic to it, mm. or a symphony to it that's just um, within the resonance of it. But ultimately. It's, yeah, it's that you're just singing your own song perfectly Mm. in tune. Mm. And for me, what I really like about that as well is the connection that we have to each other. Your own song, but you're actually, your own song is creating the orchestra. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes we think, you know, it's just me, but that song is part of something bigger. Bigger, huge. And connecting to that's really important and feeling that. That's why, that's such a great metaphor for me, hearing that. Yeah. Like that's the the analogy of the orchestra is beautiful. And and that's ultimately what it is to inspire each other that we we literally are all connecting into that same... um, I wouldn't say the the same frequency, but but it is. It's like we're lifting each other up, and mm. ultimately, the greatest dharmic thing you can do is do the work on yourself. Mm. When you do the work on yourself, you and you better yourself, 
then you're bettering yourself for the whole of humanity. Mm. That is the greatest gift you can give anybody else is to mm. is to really mm. work on your own mm-hmm. um, your own stuff, mm-hmm. but to override all of that and to really to get into your own mm. path of purpose. Don't worry about other people's stuff too much. No. <laughs> <laughs> the neighbors or they're like this, they haven't got it. Yeah, I think we can have like there's different ways as well that we can start to see when we are moving into that that dharmic path mm. is sometimes we feel we either if we see other people growing, it's that tall poppy syndrome, we have mm. to cut them down so I can mm. look I can look better and I can be better at what I'm doing. Mm. Um, because how am I going to compete with somebody else? Mm. But all the dharma is ultimately that there is always enough to go around mm. in that you are whatever you're doing, if you're living your dharma doesn't matter whether someone else is doing it doing something similar there is no way they can do it the way you do it because that is your unique gift that's so huge Massive. in a society where we feel like there's limited resources yeah. that actually in the end there's so much dharma there's this is all your dharma it's yeah. all for you yeah. go and and one of the things you know i i say is like if you do notice jealousy yeah. One of the things we do is go to the essence of that. It's like they've got lots of money and be careful because, you know, maybe they've got lots of stress or yeah. they've got big business and do you want their stress? And it's not that that you want. Or you see somebody and you go, they look really good, but they've got a constant yeah. case of diarrhea. It's like, <laughs> do you want their diarrhea? No. It's like, actually, what is it about them? So right at the essence, it's like they seem a little more free. Yeah. You know, when they have all that money, they seem free. Yeah. Maybe I don't want all that money with the stress. Maybe you do. Who knows? Yeah. But notice that because it frees you up. Because yeah. you can suddenly say, oh, I'd like more freedom. And what is more freedom to me? Yeah. And, and maybe that's living your dharma. Yeah. And the thing is, I think we see other people and we think, I need to have that. Mm. But you may not need that for your dharmic pursuit. They might need more money to fulfill whatever their dharma is. Yes. So they're going to need more money yes. because they might have other things that they need to buy that yes. you don't need to buy or purchase or um, create in order to fulfill your dharma. That's so, so beautiful. So there is, we're all going to need different resources to fulfill our, our purpose. Yeah. And so when we start to think, I need this and I need this and I need this, that's not necessarily in line with your dharmic path. You yeah. may not need any of it. You might. You might need more. Yeah, completely. <laughs> and then you've got to find ways in which you can create those resources so that you can use those resources to create the path of dharma for yourself. Mm. So it's very important that we then, we then look at what is my path? What do I need? And we go through these different cycles in life. We go through like a first stage where we start to have to learn all the skills we need to learn. Then we go through a gathering stage where we have to gather the resources we need um, to be able to fulfill the education or the, the, the or not the education, but the education that we've received or the knowledge we've received um, to this point in time, how can I then take this information and then make it make that available to other people? Or how can I then share my path in this world um, to my most authentic way? But you need you need things along the way to help you get there. Um, and each of those tools, each of those skills will be so unique to every individual person that it will require multiple different things to get you there. So that's where it becomes so unique and ultimately competition goes out the window then. Because you, you, there, wow. you, who are you competing with? Wow. You're only competing with yourself. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> and, 
and there's and there's no more competition. You're like, oh well, I don't I don't actually need that. That's not going to help me on my journey. Yes. So if it's all about your own journey, then yeah. you lose the competition. Yeah. Does this serve me or does it yeah. not? Yeah. Is really the question. Yeah. I know my dharma. I know my path. Is this going to serve me or isn't it? Yeah. How freeing. Well, and ultimately that's the root of it, isn't it? We all just want freedom. Yeah. That's we? really the the. Um, so true. The what's the word? The, the that's the only thing that we're all seeking. That's the is, crux of it. The, yes, the crux. That's the crux. <laughs> Bringing in a climbing term. That is the crux. That's where yeah. it belongs. Yeah. Yeah, freedom. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks, so. That's so amazing. I think we got to the crux. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom. That's, and yeah. actually... And what makes you feel the most free. Yeah. Dharma um, is about your path of freedom. Exactly. And it may not always look free on that path, but no. it's, it is, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Magic. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you it's for been having me here. An absolute blessing to hear, you know, to sit. I've always heard it, like doing yoga with you, but yeah. to sit with you and, and maybe <laughs> you need to do a out. night of it or something, or more. You need to do a night or yeah. something like that where everyone yeah. can sit around and yeah. learn more. We'll do a, yeah, we'd have to do a workshop or something. It'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for Thank having you. me. And don't forget, you can work with us. Go to studiochi.com.au. S-T-U-D-I-O-Q-I dot com dot A-U. And subscribe and share us with your friends. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm.